Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 2,333. Today, we're talking with a fabricator who builds some of the coolest rides around. So buckle up and be prepared to be inspired. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah! Today in Sauk City with a very special guest by the name of Ryan Fielding. Ryan, welcome to Cars Yeah! Do you have any gear, and are you ready to release the clutch? I am ready, sir. All right, we're going to have some fun today. Now, before I introduce you and we dive into the world of creativity of which you live in, what's one little thing that most people may not know about you, Ryan? Well, you know, this is a uh, an audio podcast, of course, but uh, as we commented earlier, I did used to have a full head of hair. And <laughs> me too. It's <laughs> been a long time since uh, that was the norm for me, so that would uh, be one of those things like, oh, okay, yeah, I thought maybe you just, uh, you know, were born uh, born bald like a baby and just stayed that way, but that, is, that isn't the case. <laughs> well, believe it or not, back in the day, I grew up in Southern California surfer, and I had hair down below my shoulders, and my kids, when they were younger, were going through some old pictures, and my daughter found this picture of this kid with long hair on the beach with a surfboard with, you know, a little more muscle back then, and she's like, ooh, who's this guy? And I go, well, that would be your father. She's like, ooh, <laughs> you know, that's cool. Yeah. But uh, yeah, you know, time and nature changes our bodies, but uh, luckily it also changes our mind and adds to our creativity, which is a world that you live in. So let me give you an introduction. Ryan Fielding is a fabricator at Ring Brother, where he has had massive hand in shaping several of Ring Brother's award-winning builds, including the 2022 Battle of the Builder winner, and yo, you guys saw that car and you probably have, oh my gosh, it's insane. Ryan is a third generation fabricator, car and motorcycle builder with over 20 years of fabricating experience. He grew up in the hot rod world with a family that lived in that world and he learned to drive at the age of eight. I love that. And he was building cars with his dad by the age of 15. And at 23, he founded his own shop, Paragon Customs, building several award-winning bespoke choppers and airbrushing, pinstriping, building motorcycles and hot rods for clients all over the country. And from competing in an invitational in Germany, he painted goalie masks for NHL teams. That's pretty cool. Ryan's skill set is very wide and varied. Working at Ring Brothers, he has elevated his passion, and that allows him to be very creative and put use uh, his talents to use in entirely entirely new ways. We're going to learn a lot more about Ryan, the Ring Brothers, but first, a word from our sponsors. They keep the petrol in the tanks here, so give them a little love, and we'll be right back. Years ago, when it was time to renew my collector car insurance policy, my carrier's rates went up, way up, but my usage was the same, and I never made a claim. I didn't even have a ticket. So what's with that? So I turned to American Collector's Insurance. Has your collector car insurance recently raised your rates for no good reason? Tired of paying an annual membership fee? Then it's time to look around and call American Collector's Insurance. I shopped around, I asked friends for recommendations, and found a winner that I can trust. And boy, I'm glad I did. I saved hundreds of dollars every year and slept better at night knowing my baby was properly insured. American Collectors Insurance have been protecting vehicles since 1976. They provided me with an agreed value insurance policy backed by their history of taking great care of their clients. What could be better than that? So give them a call and ask for a quote today. 866-ACI-YEAH. 
That's 866-224-9324. And protect the ones you love like I did with American Collectors Insurance. Classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors. For several years now, you've heard me talk about Linkage Magazine. I've been a subscriber since the start. They're talented and creative team brings you a spectacular publication and website that shares the automotive passion from a worldwide perspective. Linkage is about driving, restoring, collecting, and first-hand experience at collector car auctions and more. They bring you real-world values plus rational, experienced opinions on the current markets. They cover the automotive world and the people who share our passions. And Linkage Magazine has grown, mailing you six issues annually. Join me on this journey with Linkage. They're geared for the automotive life. You can subscribe at LinkageMag.com. Did you know that Cars Yeah! is in the top 1% of all podcasts based on listenership, according to Lipson, the premier RSS feed for podcasts in the United States? That's right. Plus, DuPont Registry recommended Cars Yeah! is one of their top 10 car podcasts for you to enjoy. Cars yeah has experienced tremendous growth, plus your ads are evergreen, meaning they never go away. And more and more listeners find Cars yeah every day for their daily dose of automotive inspiration. Do you want to expose your brand to a highly targeted list of automotive enthusiasts in a very unique and very personal way? Well, I can help you. Contact me, Mark Green, at mark at carsyeah.com or through the website at carsyeah.com today to learn more. So, Ryan, we are back. I want to dive a little deeper into your world. And before we get into what you're doing there today at Ring Brothers, let's go back in time because I talked about you learning to drive at eight years old. My son learned to drive at eight years old. And that was a fun thing, a little VW bug. Uh, but I want to learn about this passion that built in this family of yours. Uh, take us back in time and walk us through how we got to where you are today. Sure. So my grandfather, my father's father, he was with a uh, stunt troupe called Jimmy Lynch and the Death Dodgers. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah. So they traveled throughout the Midwest, state fairs, county fairs, exhibitions, that sort of thing. He was mostly a, a motorcycle stuntman, but also did cars. He would go around the track up on two wheels uh, on, a, on a car, jump over flaming piles of pallets and that sort of thing, jump over cars. Uh, and it was crazy. You know, I, I'm fortunate to have a lot of uh, pictures that survived through the years. Their ramps leading up were cinder blocks stacked up with a couple of two by 12s and they jumped over whatever it was and just landed on the dirt on the other side. So it, oh my you know, he was a, a daredevil. They were tough boys. Yes, for, for sure. And then, uh, yeah, you know, they, they raced, did their stunts. And then before the next show, of course, they had to fix everything. So, and he was pretty young when all that was happening. So he learned at an, at an early age, you know, how to, how to fix the stuff that he broke. When he got out of the stunt world, then he had a, uh, had a shop and, you know, he'd pick up wrecked, wrecked cars, build, uh, fix them up for people, or he'd uh, find something wrecked and build a hot rod out of it and go, you know, ramming around. He did the same thing with bikes. Later in life, he, he had trikes that he built which are super cool. Well, some of my favorite pictures are, are me and grandpa sitting on his, his trike with a coffin gas tank. And, you know, those pretty neat memories. Yeah. So my, my father grew up at, at his knee, right. You know, out in the shop and, and learning and handing wrenches like, like so many of us did. And my father took that passion and, and, you know, as long as, as long as I've been around and as, as long as uh, he's been around, he's been building cars 
Um, you know, same with same with grandpa. And, and I grew up at my father's knee out out in his shop, you know, building building crazy stuff. You know, one of my favorite ones from my childhood, he took a uh, I believe it was a 75 or so Nova and put it on a similar year blazer with, uh, you know, big engine, huge tires, big lift. And, uh, you know, I have some pretty great memories of us running around through the woods and just doing off-road stuff. And that, you know, it was a pretty recognizable, pretty recognizable vehicle. If you can imagine Nova sitting up, you know, five feet in the air. I'm trying to picture this. I had a 67 Nova was my first car. And so 75, you know, they change, but they're kind of the same vehicles, but then putting it on that platform. So, so this creativity that has run through your blood, your DNA, back to your grandfather, and I'm sure he had some influences before him with his father and his surroundings. This has really trickled down into what you do today. And I mentioned in the, the intro that by the time you were 15, you were out there in the garage actually helping your dad build stuff. So this, this yeah. skill set that your grandfather had of using their hands, using their minds, their bodies to create things, and your father is just ingrained in you. Yeah, 100%. You know, I mean, I even before uh, I started building cars, when I was out in the shop, dad took notice pretty quick that I was I was handy with the welder. And there was a lot of times where he would defer to me on, uh, you know, like gas welding or brazing because I was taking welding classes, you know, even in middle school at the um, in our tech department and uh you know he'd need something braised because i mean my old man and, and his father they're stick welders my dad's still building cars and he's still using a stick welder i bought him a bought him a wire feed and that just sits there <laughs> but you know i mean he can he can lay a bead on sheet metal with a with a stick welder that can grind out and look as good as as anything so wow. you know it's all what you're comfortable with but but yeah i was out there taking the reins a little bit, uh, you know, on the, on the welding, welding side, even when I was, you know, before I was, uh, even building my own cars, you know, when you talk about when I was eight years old, learning how to drive. So it's funny growing up here in, in Southern Wisconsin, out in the, out in the country, everybody, all my friends had four wheelers and three wheelers and, uh, dirt bikes and stuff. And I had, I had dirt bikes, but as far as four wheelers go, we had a guy out on the highway that he sold cars and none of them were over 150 bucks. Right, they were, they were one one step, one summer away from the junkyard, pretty much. <laughs> and mom and dad didn't really see the point in going to the ATV store and spending three, four thousand dollars on an ATV when we can buy a whole truck for a hundred bucks. Take the glass out, put chicken wire for the windows, reinforce the bumpers, and then turn me loose in the woods. So that was <laughs> that's how that all started. Oh my gosh. Well, this sounds like a very fun uh, beginning to a career that you have now. And I mentioned in the intro, you had your own business for a while and now you're at Ring Brothers. I mean, the Ring Brothers, this is a company that is incredible and the skill sets and the kind of wild, crazy builds they do. And I had them on the show here several years ago. What brought you to the Ring Brothers? How'd you land where you are today? So, I grew up in Spring Green, where where Ring Brothers are at. Uh, my folks still live about two and a half miles down the road, and I've known Mike and Jim essentially my whole life. You know, when, as soon as uh, you know, I was old enough to know about cars, which, as we spoke, was was pretty young. I knew who those who these boys were, and uh, we'd stop in. And of course, I had started my shop. It was mostly motorcycles, but then hot rods too. You know, gearheads or gearheads, right? And we would, I'd stop in. Or run into them somewhere and we'd talk cars and and uh you know when i'd finish up a new bike a lot of times i'd bring it down and we'd we'd chat about it or if i was out on a saturday cruise in one of the hot rods or something you know we'd we'd swing in and and chat always had a friendship and a uh, professional relationship 
between each other, you know, being in the similar business anyway. And then back to SEMA of 2015, I debuted a bike there. You know, we had a chance to talk a lot more out there. And, and once we got back and we had kind of always kicked around the idea of, of kind of teaming up a little bit. Fast forward to a few years ago, uh, Mike Ring gave me a call out of the blue one night. I was driving home from the shop and convinced me to uh, shut my own shop down and come uh, come build cars with him. And I tell you what, it's it's been an absolutely incredible experience. It's elevated my my passion, my creativity. You know, working with the team that we have, it's such a an environment that fosters creative thinking and outside the box thinking. And you know, we inspire one another every day. I think. I'm a, I'm a big proponent that creativity inspires creativity, positivity brings out positivity. And when you're surrounded by people that are extremely talented and we're kind of all on the same page with uh, what we think is cool, it's really exciting, you know, to, to be in that environment and to be doing, doing these cars that we do. Well, you end up with the kind of things that you guys create and they're, they're out there so far, I mean, they go to a point and they just keep going. And every year, the Ring Brothers bring things to SEMA. We'll cite that, uh, like Enyo, and people just go, wait. I mean, you, you were at this level last year, and now you're at this level. And I want to talk a little bit about you and your creativity and the different skill sets that you have, because I know welding, pinstriping, I mean, painting NHL masks. I mean, it seems like you have a lot of different skill sets. What are the different things that you do there at the shop? Yeah, so I, I wear a lot of hats here at, at Ring Brothers. Uh, see, so see now Matt, let me tell you, Ryan, this is why you can say you have no hair. I used to yeah. wear a lot of hats at my previous company, and I wore all my hair off. So this that's a little cue for you. You can use that excuse. Sure, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that's where some of the gray in my beard is coming from as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, so, you know, with um, having my shop for almost 20 years, from opening the doors and you know, just the day-to-day operations of the business. Running a company, yeah. R- running a company, yeah, with employees all the way through, you know, being the uh, being the, the one in charge of the end product forced me to be very diverse in, in what I do. And that translates very well here, I think, because with, um, you know, with my background, we did a lot of building hot rods, building custom motorcycles, but then we were we were fabricating, we were painting, pinstriping, airbrushing, and then interacting with the customers, interacting with the public. So a lot of those things benefit me, benefit me here for sure. You know, so with my day to day, I'm in the, I'm in the fab shop. I'm the fab shop manager. So I oversee the, uh, you know, the builds going on there and our, our workflow in the fab shop because of my background, I'll get pulled into the body shop a lot. You know, if something we're going to pinstripe or lay out some graphics or, you know, even if it's if Mike needs help prepping stuff or, you know, land tape, whatever the case may be. And then on the flip side, in the design uh, aspect of what we do here, a lot of times we need a liaison between what we're talking about in the fab shop and what the machinists can do with their incredible uh, machines that they have over in the machine shop. So a lot of times I'll do a, a napkin sketch and some quick measurements or maybe hop on Photoshop or Illustrator and, and do something real quick and then go over and, and talk with uh, some of the guys in the uh, machine shop. And, you know, they can do what they do, which is incredible. You know, they'll they'll 3D model something in SolidWorks and give me a 3D printed working model that we can put in place, you know, wow. inside of a day or two. And that, you know, that's incredibly helpful. So having those uh, diverse 
talents and skills uh, really plays in well around here because we do so many different things and there's so many talented people here uh, at Ring Brothers in the body shop, in the machine shop, final assembly. I kind of bounce around between all of them, but uh, it's, it's, I tell you what, it's, it's a heck of a team to work with. Well, it sounds like so much fun. And would you say things have changed so much in the industry with technology and what's come on board? 3D modeling, uh, all the different things, computer use. I mean, the skill sets that people now have to have. And uh, my listeners know I'm a big uh, supporter of TechForce Foundation and RPM Foundation, which supports young people and even older people that are changing careers that want to get into the industry that you're in or hands-on industry. Have you seen a pretty dynamic change in all these aspects of things that fabricators know versus the old? world of oh a guy that goes out there and or a gal that welds and that's all they do or hammers metal and they don't have all these other skill sets like you said you know wearing the hair off on our head these days we have to know so many different things i would think that must make your job much more interesting than just doing one thing every single day oh absolutely you know and that diversity not only in the vehicles that we're doing they're european or they're american they're old they're newer not only that, but like you say, with the technology, it broadens what we can do so much. And it's just incredible. And you know, not for nothing, the, the time-saving version of that where we can sketch something, like I spoke before, 3D model it uh, versus making it in, in metal or aluminum and then wanting to change it a little bit. But yeah, I think for all of us here, having a general understanding of what the capabilities are, they're almost endless. It really allows us to to not have to worry necessarily about how we're going to get there, but to design it and then, you know, then backstep on, on how we're going to make that happen. And, uh, you know, with 3D scanning, 3D modeling, all the, uh, you know, amazing stuff that they can do with these five axis machines and 3D printers now, it's just incredible. And it, it really lets us push our, push our builds every year. With the onset of AI happening, artificial intelligence, have you guys discussed how that could affect your field? Because it's coming down very fast, and we're starting to see how it could possibly change people's roles and maybe even push people out of specific roles because these computers come up with things. But I always argue we're still going to need the people with their hands to actually create things. I know computers and machines can build cars, you know, robots and stuff. But for the field you're in, do you see AI affecting what you guys do? I mean, could you see one day going, okay, computer, tell me what the next Ring Brother car is supposed to look like? Yeah. That's almost would be almost be a shame, you know? It really would, you know, but I think, and I, I truly believe that the people who are interested in the cars that, that we build, our customer base, part of what they are really after is that human touch, that on the fly creativity that that happens organically when we're building a car, right? We have a general idea of what we're doing, you know, from the beginning and overall scope of the project. But it's, I think what separates uh, our vehicles a lot of times are those things that we come up with mid project, right? You know, you, you've got the, the hood set and, the, and the, the doors on and you stand back and you look at it and you come up with come up with some ideas there. And I, I don't think a computer can do that. And I don't think our customers want that. There's probably a, a place for it, but I don't think it's in the kind of cars that, that this, this shop puts out. It's a different, different mindset. I like to ask about inspirational people, mentors, or even perhaps in your world, what is inspiring to you in the world of what you guys build? Because I would think every day is an inspiration at Ring Brothers. Oh, absolutely. You know, to 
to go to your point on someone who is an inspiration, there's one guy in particular, a, a dear friend of mine, Philippe Cacord. He, uh, he's been a longtime friend and a longtime business mentor since I started my shop. He's a very successful uh, uh, businessman himself and so humble, so kind, and so gracious that, uh, you know, anytime I had a, a business-related question, you know, he was always there to, uh, to lend his advice because he's, he's run a very successful business for multiple decades. You know, that's been, uh, he's been a go-to as a business mentor and a, a life mentor, honestly, for years and years. And I, I cherish, cherish our friendship. But uh, as far as what inspires me and people that inspire me, I got to tell you that everybody in this shop inspires me daily. There's guys here doing stuff that consist each other away with with ideas or metal shaping capabilities or, you know, the guys in the machine shop, what, what they're coming up with. It's just incredible. And, you know, it goes back to what I was saying before about an environment that fosters creativity and, and ingenuity where, you know, a lot of times there, there really is no, no limit to it other than what you can come up with and then how do we make it happen. So being in that kind of an environment every day is, is constant inspiration. And as far as what I see in the world that inspires me, you know, I think we're all inspired by everything around us, honestly. If, it's, if I'm looking at that guitar in the background, you know, of your wall right there, yeah. it's hard to not see shapes and, and the way that those shapes and patterns, you know, in the color play off one another. And, and you're know, like, oh, that'd be great to paint a car that color and, and have some black trim with the chrome accents or whatever the case may be, yeah. right? And if it's, if it's in nature or if it's in, you know, what some of the, uh, the new manufacturers are doing with design or, or gauge clusters and that sort of thing, you know, you, you subconsciously pull in these ideas. You may not know exactly where you saw it, but it, it helps blend kind of those ideas on what you want to do with something. So I think we're all constantly kind of examining our surroundings and, and pulling that into uh, into our builds. You know, it's an important point. I always try to suggest, and I did this with my kids, and now I'm lucky enough to be a grandfather, is uh, to stop and look at things. Take the moment to look at things and really think about them. And the little touches of nature are a good point. But you'll love the fact that the, the guitar on my wall is a Fender Stratocaster. It's a limited edition hot rod version. That's what they call Perfect. it. Yeah, yeah. Metallic red reminds me of my old Schwinn Stingray that I had as a kid. And the uh, the black pick guard and the black on the back is aluminum that's been engine turned. Oh, nice. Yeah. So you, you see it when the light hits it. So uh, yeah. that's why that's why it's hanging there. Kind of brings me back to my days of playing the guitar and uh, having some fun. How about challenges? I would uh, uh, not be surprised. You guys don't face a challenge every day with the build. I mean, there's just all these little pieces that have to flow and work together yeah. can you maybe cite a challenge that you faced in your it could be life or business but more importantly what is the really valuable lesson that that challenge taught you well i guess going back to when i started my shop uh, that was probably the biggest biggest challenge that i faced to be real honest i was i was pretty naive on the the business side probably business side absolutely i've heard this story many times yeah yeah you know i knew knew how to do what it is that I was going to be doing in that shop, but how to make that shop successful and how to manage it financially. That was, that was stuff I had to learn on the fly. And that was, uh, that was definitely a challenge. You know, what I learned from that far and away is if, if you're passionate about something, and I mean, truly passionate, if it's, if it's in your blood and this is, you can't imagine anything else in your life. If you stick with it, it'll work out. It, it always does. If the moment you go throw your hands up and, and call it a day, well, then 
obviously the answer is that it's not going to work out because you just decided it. Right. But if you just keep after it, uh, it it just works out. Not that it works out easily or without um, you know further incident, but it works out. And you just have to keep after it, and you know just keep letting people letting people in, and uh, you know talking to them and and showing showing your passion in your work, and uh, it comes around. It does. Yeah. Uh, but it takes a lot of hard work. I think a lot of people look at uh, independent business people and they go, oh, you're so lucky. It's so easy. And so I know it's like the proverbial picture of the iceberg. The little tip looks good. The rest yeah. of it is underneath that it took to get to that point. I like to ask about bucket lists, but I want to kind of reframe this question a little bit in reference to what you guys do there. Sure. A lot of people look at your builds and they go, how did you come up with this? So when, when a client comes to you guys and says, OK, I want you to build me a car. What is that process that, and this could take hours to describe, but maybe in a condensed version, of how you start and get to where you get? Is it collaborative between the client and you or all of you in the shop? Or how do you come up with this stuff? Yeah, so you know, it, it really is dependent on the build. Not all of them uh, are the same. Some, some customers have more desire to have input and others you know, hey, do what you guys do and, and you know, knock it out of the park. You know, Mike and Jim and, and Nancy and the and the uh, the staff here, they'll they'll get with a customer and they'll they'll run past those ideas of, you know, kind of the key points that, that they want to hit. Everybody knows Ring Brothers style. So, you know, it's it's pretty safe to assume that you don't have to cover like, well, we're gonna have dragons painted on the side or something that's you know generally um, you know, not, uh, not what you do. Yeah. Not what we do. Right. Yeah. If somebody wants a, a 65 Mustang, right. They're going to have looked at other ones we've done and usually play off of, off of those of like, I really like, you know, how you widened it. I really like the way the interior was. And then we'll, you know, we'll cultivate a, uh, a design flow based off of that. Uh, we work really closely with Gary Raggle and his, uh, his renderings. So we'll take a lot of those ideas you know, Mike and Jim will get with Gary and we'll start uh, sketching stuff up. And then once we kind of get that locked in collaboratively as a, as a group, we'll look at stuff and talk about what we like, what we'd like to change and, and then, you know, start, start getting after it. A work in progress. So I have to ask the question, an EV Ring Brothers build going to happen someday, you think? I, I mean, I'm, uh, I'm excited for any challenge. You know, those electric motors put out an amazing amount of power. Oh, yeah. I think, I think it's a pretty, pretty incredible technology. I definitely am not the one to answer if that's uh, ever going to be a, a thing that comes to fruition. But I think that uh, all of us would be pretty excited about what we could what we could do. I think it really could change the uh, change the face of of EV for sure. Yeah, it opens up a lot of different uh, opportunities in some ways. A lot of people call it blasphemy, but you know what? It's coming, and in some way, why not embrace some aspects of this? Because when you think about hot rod building, all the way back to the day, that's kind of what it was all about, was take something that exists and make it completely different, faster technology coming in. You guys use a lot of technology in the cards that you do. So yeah, could happen someday. But I want to talk about you and vehicles for a minute here, Ryan, because you're a passionate guy, I can tell. Could you share one special vehicle story with us, a car, a bike, something you've had? Yeah. Sure. I tell you what, so going back to uh, my childhood again, when I was uh, a young man living at home with my folks, I was a kid, to be honest. My father brought home a 1947 Ford. It was a uh, big one-ton flatbed farm truck 
we spent better part of my youth building that building that hot rod and and that was uh that was his hot rod but uh you know i got to be there building it with him and that was you know that formulated so much of what i what i do today right because it's it's a straight up traditional hot rod fenderless you know it's bright fire truck red big and loud i have so many memories going to uh back to the 50s and going to the street rod nationals in louisville and and doing the power tours you know with me and my father we went to the indianapolis 500 when i was a kid in that truck and um wow fortunate fortunately that one i i daily drive that truck so oh, I, you do yeah, oh, yeah. Oh my gosh. So, uh, wow. I mean, I took I took that to prom. I took it on first dates. I left it home when I went to college because that's nothing that a college kid should have. <laughs> yeah. But uh, but yeah, no, I uh, I I daily that thing, and we we just keep it going with that, and it's 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 still looking great, and it you know puts a smile on my old man's face every time uh, I roll in the driveway with it, you know, because there's just so many memories going back to you know very early on in my life. And, you know, what I do here. So to see that parked in front of Ring Brothers, you know, when I show up to work, it kind of brings it full circle to me. Well, you can see it brought a smile on my face, too. And and the reason is I hear stories from so many guests after over 2,300 people here on the show that wish they still had the first vehicle, first race car, first bike, whatever it might be. Uh, And the fact that you still have it and you still drive it even cooler. So my hat's off to you, my friend. Now, I'm a bit of a car psychologist, got a special degree here. I'm self-anointed, of course. I'm going to crawl into your mind a little bit here, Ryan. I need you to dig deep for me here. This is a unique question. If you were reincarnated, manifest as a vehicle, what would you be? But more importantly, why? So that's an amazing question. And uh, I tell you what, I was born in 1979. 1979 Trans Am has been <laughs> in the back of my mind for a long time. So uh, again, you know, we're we're talking uh, talking audio only here, but what your guests can't see is that I'm pretty well covered in tattoos. Yeah, just a few. The uh, 79 Firebird, you know, or 79 Trans Am with that uh, big, uh, that bird, big on bird on the hood and, yeah. <laughs> and the logos back behind the door and all over it. Uh, you know that it's painted up, kind of like me. Looks good. Looks good wearing black, as far as I'm concerned. There you go. Is pretty loud most of the time. <laughs> that car begs to be in a simpler time, running down the back roads at 100 miles an hour. Um, you know, just just running country roads and and uh, you know maybe cranking some Led Zeppelin or uh, some classic rock anyway. And that uh, you know that one in my mind just makes me smile and just and just feel like I want to be. You know, out cruising and 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 that that's a car that uh, I'm glad is in my mind because it's I you know it's an obtainable obtainable car, right? Right. If uh, you know your dream car is Frank Sinatra's Stutz or something, well, that might be a little bit harder to bit of a uh, stretch. Yeah. Get your hands on, but uh, but yeah, no, that one there. Uh, like I said, wonderful question, but I I would have to say I'd have to say that I, I feel like that one kind of fits my personality. Nice answer to that question. I appreciate you put some thought to that. I just returned from a trip to Arizona to visit my grandson. My uh, sister and brother in law were with us, and he has a Trans Am black with the gold bird. He's had that thing I think for thirty five years, maybe longer, long long Perfect. time. Yeah, going way way back. So uh, yeah, it's such an iconic vehicle, and uh, yeah, I think it fits you very nicely. Uh, a great reading. I love books here on Cars. Yeah, is there a book you could share with us that you uh, enjoyed that you think other people should crack open and read? Well, I tell you, most recently I read uh, Keith Richards' autobiography called Life. Uh-huh. And boy, that guy's been through some stuff. <laughs> no kidding. Uh, and full circle. But, you know, going back to his, his teen years and similar to uh, so many of us, finding what that, that passion is, right? Maybe a little 
a little wayward until he until he found that. And you know, reading about him and 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 Mick sitting in a, a flat just listening to you know records that they you know saved up two weeks wages to get because they they weren't making making very good money and uh took that and took it all the way to the, the biggest rock and roll band in the in the world and are still doing it i know uh, it's incredible that book takes you on a journey and i think there's a lot of lessons there that go back to what we spoke about about finding your passion and staying with it no matter what and in the end it it, it works out not that we are all going to be keith richards but if you stick with your passion and really put everything into it, it's going to take you wherever you want to go. Yeah, what an amazing uh, talent and life. Uh, you, you look at people like him and you think, how do you compress all that into a life? I mean, you, sometimes it makes me feel a little tiny, like I need to do more. I mean, I look at what yeah. they've done, but I think you're you're on spot. Take your passion, no matter what it is, and find a way to wrap it around your world and your life, and you will be a happy person for yeah. sure. So today we're going to go on the ultimate drive. I'm a bit of an enabler. I'm going to buy you any vehicle in the world, park it in your garage. You can take it anywhere. But here's the key. You can take anybody with you, including somebody who's no longer with us, somebody from the past, which opens up a world of wonderful conversation and opportunity. What's the ultimate drive look like for a guy like you? Well, I have two answers to that question. Okay. The uh, the first one's my fun one, and the, the second one is a little more a little more serious. I'd get a little, little deeper. Okay. That, that first one has got to be uh, – the winning car from the 2001 Daytona 500 when Dale Earnhardt won that race after so many attempts. And uh, Dale, Earnhardt, Dale Earnhardt Sr. has got to be the one in the car with me. And, um, you know, I feel like give us a county worth of no cars on the road in that in that car, him driving. And I just, I would. Hold on. <laughs> oh, my God, that would be something else. I tell you what, the uh, 12, 15, 16-year-old me would would just be uh, beyond overjoyed to just. Yeah just run around with him. And, you know, it would be fun to talk to him. I had a chance to meet him uh, before he passed years ago at a, at a meet and greet at the Bristol uh, racetrack there in Tennessee. And, um, you know, he had a long line of people, but the short conversation we had, it seems like a guy that uh, you could, you know, crack a beer at the campfire and, and listen to kind of the, how it was, how it used to be stories. Yeah. And that would be really special. I had his daughter on the show. Oh, did you really? Yeah, a couple awesome. years ago. Yeah, very yeah. interesting, uh, fun story. But you said you had a second story for us. Yeah. So my grandpa that I spoke about that, that kind of started all of this, um, you know, he never got to see, he wasn't around when I started my shop. Oh, okay. Clearly isn't around now for, uh, you know, my time here at Ring Brothers. He had an old Lincoln, had zebra, everything upholstery, headliner, floor, seats, dash. Ze zebra. 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 Oh my gosh! Wow. This was this was when my when my dad and his brother were young even. But if we could hop in that Lincoln and uh, you know we could just talk about yeah. number one where hot rodding is gone, right? Because I mean it was a tough living back you know back when he was doing it, sure. you know fixing cars and building stuff. Um, to see what what we're doing, he would just be so so thrilled, and it would be be so. Uh, so great to be able to share that with him and the technology, you know, he was, he wasn't around for computers, but he would have absolutely loved everything that computers can do. He was a big ham radio guy when he was retired, um, really enjoyed that. And, you know, all the little trinkets that go along with it. He had quite the, uh, quite the setup in his house, but, you know, to be able to drive and, and talk about the, what we're doing with cars now and the technology, like we spoke about earlier with the 3d scanning and the CNC machining and all these 3d modeling things, he would just be, be overjoyed and I would I'd love nothing more to be able to show him that and to show him what you know his legacy is 
has brought, you know, here a couple generations later that um, I'm at Ring Brothers and we're, we're building these kind of cars that we are, it would be, it'd be really special. No doubt he is smiling down and very, very proud of what you become and what you're doing. That would be a wonderful, wonderful journey to take. You've taken us on a pretty darn cool journey today, Ryan. I'm so happy we got together. I want to do a shout out. Thank you to Kevin at Con Media for getting us together. Con Media brings me a lot of wonderful, inspiring guests. So thank you, Kevin. So before I let you go, could you share maybe some parting words of inspiration or advice for our listeners? today? Well, you know, I don't want to sound like a broken record, but I've said it before. I'll say it again. Whatever your passion is, if it's music, if it's writing, if it's pottery, if it's teaching, you know, whatever those things are that that bring you joy, just to to do it. You know, I I went to college with an intention of uh, a corporate job and it wasn't for you. (laughs) It wasn't for me. And because the passion was, was always, I was, you know, I was building bikes and, and working on cars while I'm home on summer from, uh, from college. And I, I tried and my passion just took me back and I was, I was, you know, I was swimming upstream trying to uh, avoid it. And when I let it all out, uh, it's been an amazing, amazing journey. And I, I wish that for everybody, you know, that they have a, they find a passion that they can put it to use, if not daily, as often as they can, but to find that and to really embrace it, I think it just makes for such a, a well-rounded life experience for everybody to have something that you're you're ultimately passionate about and you can give that gift to those around you is, is just a, an incredible, incredible thing. Oh, so important. So uh, as we've learned from the many, many inspiring automotive enthusiasts here on Cars, yeah, how can people learn about you and Ring Brothers? Well, you know, Ring Brothers, we're on all the socials. Uh, myself as well uh, on Instagram, Ryan Paragon, it's P-A-R-A-G-O-N. But yeah, definitely follow Ring Brothers on uh, all the socials. We've got the you know Instagram, Facebook, all of uh, all the social medias, and of course our our website where we're you know coming out with new products constantly and and uh, unveiling new cars. So yeah, give us a follow. And and uh, again, if if anybody uh, you know has any questions, they. They're more than welcome to reach out as as always. We're we're happy to help with with whatever projects people might be uh, getting themselves into, and if we have a product that can, you know, help that project along, that's that's our goal, right? Right, absolutely. And if any of you listeners missed my talk with the Ring Brothers, you can go back and find them on the Cars yeah website. Uh, easy to find in the search bar there. So please say hello to the guys for me. And I will uh, do that. Until you and I talk again, my friend, uh, I want to thank you for spending time with me today. What an inspiration you are. Uh, what you guys are doing there, your entire team, absolutely spectacular. Uh, if, if this doesn't inspire you, listeners, uh, you need to wake up, have a bigger cup of coffee in the morning because the Ring Brothers, oh my gosh, and all of the people there, including Ryan, are absolutely incredible. Until you and I talk again, my friend, I'll see you down the road. Thank you so much for your time. It's It's been a real pleasure and I, I enjoy uh, enjoy speaking with you and, and everything uh, you brought up. You had some amazing questions that, uh, you know, further that inspiration. Absolutely. This has been great fun. I appreciate it very much. How did you discover your path to a fulfilling life? Too many young people flounder in finding an education and a career that fits. But for those who have a passion for cars, trucks, and motorcycles, and who love working with their hands, problem solving, and fixing things, a career as a professional auto technician is incredibly rewarding. Cars yeah is pleased to team up with TechForce Foundation, our charity of choice in bringing scholarships, technical education, and hands-on experience to young people so they can discover a possible future. Join me and lend your support by visiting techforce.org today. 
Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah. Yeah.